end this episode. Short sale route, and they're just saying all the things that they think that that parent or player wants to hear, like a used car salesman, if you will, right? Just to get that car off the lot, just to get that player in the team. And then all of a sudden, two, three months in, the parent feels like they've been tricked. The player feels like they've been tricked because what was told to them isn't what they're seeing. In my recruiting, that's what sold me on Coach Gutton was he laid down the facts. He didn't try to oversell me. It was, this is what we are. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And this is why I do it. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Closing Pitch. My name is Spiker Helms, and this is a show about people, culture, and how to create a winning lifestyle. I have changed the category of this podcast from lifestyle. I went. We, we, I think we first started as business when we first started out. That didn't make any sense. I don't know why I did that. It was early 2020, and we were still dealing with not talking to a lot of people. <laughs> so I was trying to figure out what, what topic we wanted. So we ended up switching it to lifestyle society topic. Ooh, and, and I realized, like, well, we're probably not grabbing the people that the listenership that we want. I don't know. I look exactly like the person who's going to talk lifestyle and high society. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're not, I think you're selling me short. I feel like you, <clears throat> you, you, this is like a coffee shop. Like you'd be, you're, you're the guy that would sit at Starbucks I think you're and selling me short. sip on, uh, the mocha loca <laughs> and talk politics with my pinky up with the, with the, with the pinky ring. Yeah. <laughs> A golden pinky ring. <laughs> now we've switched the topic to baseball, the subject to baseball. I, again, you're probably wondering why did why did I not start there? That would make more sense because we're baseball people and we sometimes talk about business and then we sometimes talk about, well, we talk about lifestyle a lot. <clears throat> but anyways, we're back in the category of baseball. So hopefully that helps us with the ratings sure. and getting up there and seeing seeing how we do. It only makes sense. Yeah. Anyways, um, this topic for today, we're going to talk about teams. We're going to be talking about build outs of teams, um, especially for like coaches. And mm -hmm. the big thing that I want to get across on this topic is that there's n when, when coaches end up building out a team, sometimes they don't have a clear path on how they want to build it out. Um, example, like schedule, um, what competition, what talent level, are we going to travel? There's just a whole number of categories to talk about when trying to build it out. And if you don't, if you're not very specific, that's like the biggest problem I see is that guys don't aren't specific. And even if you're building a program like what we are, what our club is, if you're trying to build a program, you have to choose one thing. You have to niche yourself. If you don't, then there's a lot of confusion. Expectations are not met and you're going to have a lot of people jump ship and then you're going to be frustrated with why why aren't people staying with my team and then your team just it completely implodes. Well, I think it's I think it's like the perceived notion from the from the parent and player as to what they're getting into. You know, I think that's where a lot of times the the problem lies because you know, everybody goes through the the tryouts whether it's a personal or a a group big tryout and there's all the coach talk. Well, we're here to win and we're here to, you know, have fun and we're here to train and develop players and everything. You, you get the normal thing, but nobody really niches exactly what the expectation of that group's going to be. 
And so parents and players go into said team once they accept it with, I think, false expectations maybe about what's going to happen, and that's how problems occur. This applies to any project too. So this could be like anything that deals <clears throat> with work or deals with school, whatever the case may be. We're just going to really niche it down to a team setting yeah. because a lot of people don't realize that baseball teams come in all different shapes and sizes. Our biggest um, mantra for the Tigers is that we want to grow the game. And one of those aspects is um, telling people that, hey, we want all types of people in this game. We just don't want the the so-called elite player because, yes, those guys are awesome. (laughs) Those guys are fun to watch. But it's also great to have someone that is a blank canvas, has never learned how to play this game, and then you end up grabbing that person and bringing them into the fold, and you never know what's going to happen to that person. They might be, they might really gravitate towards that game and become very talented, or it could be one of those things where it's um, a stable foundation for that person when they start moving into their life, and they can always go back to the game and be like, oh, I learned this, I learned that, um, and they can gain confidence from actually playing this game which then applies into um, their schooling or when they move into the workforce. So anyways, going to when we build out a team, be very clear on what it is that you want to accomplish for the season or for your players. So example, I'm, I'm big, whenever I take on a team, my biggest thing is that we are going to work hard. This is a team that's going to be blue collar mentality. We're going to show up early. We're going to leave late. We're going to get in our work. And then we're also going to have some fun off of it. So I usually attract those players that are like that. And I and I vet players through the tryout process for that. If I, if I think that that player doesn't have the mentality that is going to match that or is um, able to adapt to that mentality, I'm not going to take that player even if they're extremely talented. I'm going to take the person that is the mo- that fits well with the mentality that I want to establish for that season. Yeah, no, I, I just think that there's going the extra mile at the start of the relationship to be as concise about what that team is looking to accomplish throughout the year from every single possible aspect that goes into the experience. I mean, when you take, I always try to take the approach of uh, let's have a 30 minute hour long conversation about what, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to lay out everything to you and you can certainly love it. And that's great if it's a fit for you. And sometimes you're not going to love it and it's not a good fit for you. But at least at the start of the process, we're going to lay out exactly what we hope to achieve, how we coach, the style of coaching, how often do we practice, how many games are we going to play, at what level are we looking to play, and just literally put it all out there. Because if I don't, and I've made this mistake, and I've certainly seen a ton of this, – this is, this is probably where most issues come up, is because coaches or teams or programs don't necessarily communicate – all the information up front properly, whether that's in the fee structure, whether that's in the uh, level they're going to play, whether that's in the travel, the amount of practices, they don't go down that route. And you can't really trust most parents or players for sure to have the questions necessary to vet the team. They don't know that yet. 
they rarely know that even when they get through the entire process. You know, they, I hear this all the time. They, they go, well, now if I knew what I knew now, I'd, I'd go back and I'd change it, right? But that's where I think a lot of coaches fail in the, in the side of things where they're just looking to get the player into the program and are kind of going the short sale route. They're trying to look for the best players. <clears throat> sure. But, uh, but I, I would switch that thought of I'm trying to look for the right player. Correct. But they go that short sale route, and they're just saying all the things that they think that that parent or player wants to hear, like a used car salesman, if you will, right? Just to get that car off the lot, just to get that player in the team. And then all of a sudden, two, three months in, the parent feels like they've been tricked. The player feels like they've been tricked because what was told to them isn't what they're seeing. Yeah, it's not It's not about se- selling the team. It's about explaining and then letting them make the decision instead of trying to convince them to join the team, just being able to state the facts. And like, this is in my recruiting, that's what sold me on Coach Gutton yeah. was he laid down the facts. He didn't try to oversell me. Right. It was, this is what we are. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And this is why I do it. Well, and let me, from my own personal experience, when I was, you know, a younger coach and I was having these conversations, I think it's very, very normal to try to like, you know where the conversation's kind of going. You know what they want to hear. They want to hear how good their son is. They want to hear, you know, we're going to go out there and, you know, we're going to win and we're going to play at the highest level and we're going to do this and that. And, you know, we guarantee this and we guarantee that. And it's, it's easy to go down that route because I've done that. I'll, I'll admit that wholeheartedly because I didn't have enough experience and really I didn't have enough um, gumption, if you will, to stick to what, we really were at that time. Now, so I, now I am right now. I, I kind of know where our program is. I know <clears throat> what we're about, what, how we train, what we do, right? It's okay to not be the elite of the elite. It's okay to understand that, Hey, we're a, we're a low a team. We're not a major triple a guy. And we're here for you. Know, we're young. We're eight, nine, 10 years old. We're here to have fun. We're here to keep kids in the game. We're going to teach them. Maybe we're going to teach them one thing of practice. We're going to keep it real simple. But we're going to guarantee that they have fun. On that field, they're going to love that experience. That's what this team's about. Yeah, there are other teams over there that are going to go play the highest level and win trophies. And, man, if we win, that'd be great. But if we don't, that's okay, too, because that's not the objective. Yeah. It's okay to say that because there's different, <clears throat> there's different levels to this thing. There's different, there should be different objectives at different age groups. There should be, you know, everybody grows with the game differently. Everybody develops differently. So there should be a little bit of thought process involved in terms of where are we at right now and what is our single next step that we want to accomplish? Well, and it goes back to priorities. If you're a coach <clears throat> that says that you do want to do that stuff, where you do want to be the elite of the elite and you want to play in those major tournaments, you have to understand the pros and cons of what you just decided. Because if you are going to be the elite of the elite and you have to go play in those big <clears throat> tournaments, you're going to have to have a churn rate that's pretty high. Because if that player doesn't play and then you end up losing, they're going to have a whole bunch of other players that are mad because they're not they're, you're not winning. Sure. So there's a double-edged sword to that. So just understand like your priorities and what you're trying to accomplish. If it is to go win tournaments, just know what comes with that baggage. 
and that's perfectly fine. I, there, there's a, there's a lot of players out there that have been successful and they, they search for that team and they're okay with having that churn rate. They're okay. If, uh, if I'm not playing well, they end up leaving. Um, there, that's, that's just that culture, but there's also other cultures that are in there. And this is where I want the baseball community to understand, because I think sometimes coaches oversell on the fact that, oh, we're going to be the elite elite. We're going to win every tournament. We're going to go out there. That's, that's overselling. That's not, that's not realistic. There, there's only a there's only a handful of teams that can really go out there. Like, it's hard to explain to people that. Uh, example: Jupiter WWBA. That's a whole nother ball game when it comes to talent and teams. Most of those teams are constructed together from all over the United States, and those coaches cold call these these uh, players. Well, it's to, a pro. It's a pro scouting event. Yeah. To, to convince them to go down to this event and, hey, play for my team, play for this team. Like, there's a bunch there's of... There's only one event like it. Yeah. That's it. And then there's Lake Point, which is <clears throat> an elite all-level tournament. Sure. But it's... Like, if we were comparing this to us, like, traveling to Mars, Mars would be the WWBA, and then Lake Point would be the moon. Mm-hmm. And then every other tournament is, like, being on path towards the moon. Sure. That's that's what it comes down to. So just understand that like what you're dealing with from a priority standpoint and what you're trying to accomplish. For me as a coach, I am all about trying to develop the player. <clears throat> I I get more of a kick of taking someone that is talented or semi-talented or even um, have just started out in the game and trying to get them to a point where they feel super accomplished because then those are the relationships that I enjoy because I can still talk to those players like Drew. I have an oh, sure. awesome relationship with him, and that started back when he was 15 years old and I first had him. Sure. I still talk to a lot of those players where if I took the a good example of an elite-level team is how indie balls – it's, it's literally how indie ball is done, where there's a lot of turnover rate. You're trying to get in players. You're trying to win as many games. Mm-hmm. And it's all about what's the next thing. You're only good as your, your, as your next at bat. For me, that, that just is not a great model as, for me as a coach because I don't get to develop that relationship with that player. Well, <clears throat> and I'm, I'm kind of talking to the coaches here. So think about it this way. Let's say uh, I'm going to give you two examples, okay? Yeah, one example where a coach is very eager to jump a lot of steps really quickly. And, you know, you see all these teams out there doing these things and you want to be that team. And that's the notion is great. Like that there's nothing wrong with that. But not understanding the necessary steps to get there is where your problem lies. So what happens is you talk to all the parents, you say all the right things. You say we're going to be this. Now, in all reality, you have to have a million things go right to even capture a glimpse of the future that you just sold those parents. So what you're ending up doing is setting yourself up for a ton of failure, a ton of complaints, a ton of arguments, a ton of issues. No one likes that. That's what we, we see that all the time. This team broke up because of X, Y, Z. Right, it's it happens way too often. I think because the communication side is not very great at the start. Second option, you're you're in the middle ground as a team. Okay, you're bringing in some new people for the team, et cetera. Right, 
and you're like, hey, we're just trying to get to the next step. We're just trying to develop and win five more games this year. Or we're just trying to be able to go from that double A team to maybe playing one or two triple A tournaments and seeing how we compete. And if we do, then then we and we compete a little bit, and maybe we don't win them, but we went in there and we battled with those guys. That's a successful year. That means we've developed. That means we've done things right, right? Which one is going to set you up for more success? Which one's going to bring up more less issues, right? Again, we don't all have. I, I think the 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 issue in travel sports and travel baseball for sure is the fact that everyone's chasing that top upper echelon thing. And everybody can't be that. Tell me, tell me if this is a really good um, viewpoint. I'm totally fine with saying like that's a dumb idea. Well, I always do. So <laughs> it's the job of the player to be focused on winning. It's the job of the coach to be focused on development. Um, both should be focused on both. It's my answer. Because I feel like the incentives for the player, if they're focused on winning, they're going to end up developing. And if the incentives for the coach is to win, they'll just run through the players like it's nobody's business and they don't develop a relationship. That's kind of where my thought process is going. Because I'm thinking back to, again, going back to my recruiting from from Missouri State, because I had had a lot of schools outside of Missouri State that that were basically wanting me to not basically they were wanting me to play for them. They were giving me offers and you could tell who were the salesmen, who were the actual honest guys and really, really stepped their their foot forward on what they were saying. And I remember coach Gutton, I said, Oh, is the goal to get to Omaha? And he goes, no, it's to win the conference. We have to win the conference first. If we don't win the conference, we can't get to Omaha. And that just, that stuck with me because me being young, I was like, well, that's dumb. Like, I want to go to Omaha. Yeah, it's like, that That sounds cool, but Omaha is the pinnacle, right? Yeah, but it was honest. Yeah. And it was truthful. And, like, I'm sure deep down, Coach Gunn's like, hell yeah, I want to go to Omaha, but don't put the cart before the horse. We've got to win our conference first. And that stuck with me now because it's literally what we're having a conversation Well, and here. let's just play this game out. Let's say he said, absolutely. Spiker, that's where we're going next year. What happens if you go 500? How do you view him? Yeah. Well, that's what ended up happening. We we barely were, I think we were 10 games over 500 my junior year, but it was a build year, and you could just see the parts coming together. Sure. And then that's why I stayed for the senior year, sure. because it was like, we we're going to have a whole bunch of dudes. Guy. Oh, yeah. But you trust him because he, he's he's telling you the correct path. Yep. And we were this close of actually winning the conference. And, that, and that's what I'm saying. So, like, if he were to have sold you the Omaha pipe dream and you guys go 500 that next year, you look at him like that dude's a clown. He has no idea where we're at. So now I don't trust him development-wise. Now I'm not going to trust the way he teaches me to hit. Now I'm not going to have – an excited feeling about the group and coming to, to the field. And now it doesn't work. That is the same exact deal. That's the same way a parent feels and a player feels when they've got oversold something and underprovided another. It's the same deal. That's what I'm saying. Coaches, you're, you set yourself up for failure that way. You're not earning trust. Let's say now you went the route of, he said, no, we got to win the conference, dude. Single baby steps. Okay. We got to do that. And you go out and you do that. 
and you see the pieces in place and you see how he's methodically building out a really strong program that's going to win year in, year out like he did and like he does currently, right? Now all of a sudden you're bought in. You have trust and you have trust in everything, right? That's those parents that they're going to be with that coach forever. They're, they're going to try to stay on that team for as long as they possibly can because they know that when that player shows up, that that coach has the best interest for him, right? Well, it strengthens the core of that of that foundation of the 100%. team. Hundred percent. And you see that you see that like the it's you know what's odd in our in our industry is that the unicorn is the team that sticks together for eight years of youth baseball. <laughs> that's a hundred percent. That's true. the unicorn. That's a really good point. <laughs> that that's the unicorn. That's like when you're like, yeah, man, I've had a really good group of parents. They've been with me from. 7U now to 14U, and it's just been great, and, and they're good, and everything else. I'm like, uh, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? How are you doing that? And I'm like, what's your secret formula? All these other coaches are like, <laughs> what? You don't have crazy parents who are this and that and yelling at you for that? No. Well, and that group is so close. I remember Gavin Oswald's group, and that group was so tight. Sure. So but, tight. But th- that's, there's a problem when that's the oddity. Yeah. When the norm is to be playing on – 10 different youth teams moving from team to team every year, always having a negative outlook on it. That's, that's more normal than the team that sticks together. Therein lies a problem, which I think again, taking it back is the communication aspect up front is, is pretty poor. Well, you can't have a good communication aspect if you don't know what you want to accomplish and you don't know what your priorities are. Well, it goes back, it goes back, it goes back to you. You have to learn that, but then you also have to be a very, you have to really learn and, and understand how to communicate that future, that path to the parents. Well, it, it's almost like you're educating them on the aspect and they're going to be the educators for the kid, right? You're, you're going to tell the parents how this is the path that we're going to lay out. Right. And you're not going to win everyone because there are parents and players out there that just want to hear about the pipe dreams. They want to hear as crazy as it sounds, how you're going to get their kids in the major leagues. They don't want to hear about, well, or the SEC yeah, or wherever, yeah. Well, no. We're we're gonna try to learn how to field the ball at ninety percent this year. We're gonna learn how to we're gonna learn how to do double cuts. We're gonna learn how to play the game the right way. We're gonna learn how to steal base. Like they don't want to hear that. They want to hear about well, ah, you're gonna add ten miles per hour to my kid's velocity. You're gonna do this. You're gonna, that's what they want to hear. They want to skip steps, right? So you're never gonna get those guys, but you're gonna get the people that if you educate them properly and say that, Hey, on this pyramid right now. Okay. And here's the pinnacle. We're right here. There's nothing wrong with being right here because everybody has to be here at some point. Every single player has been right here at some point in their career. Maybe that's when they were nine. Maybe that's when they're 14, but they're here. It's not our job to get to here this year. It's our job to get to here. Now, how are we going to accomplish that gap? That's how you communicate it. I also think, too, that when people say, like, oh, we're going to get your kid to 10 miles an hour faster or we're going to get them to schools, X, Y, and Z, um, that's so easy to say but so hard to do. And also there's a lot of fluff around that to actually make that happen when they when they speak it because, like, alumni lists aren't 100% accurate. Um, and the numbers that you see on like Twitter and stuff like guys like 
throwing those those uh, pull downs, those uh, out of how many kids were were in that program that actually were able to do that. Um, and it's really hard for human nature to actually like, think that just, through. Just l- let me do everyone a real quick favor here. Okay. I'm not trying to toot my own horn here or yours, but I've been in this a lot longer, probably longer than 99% of anybody in our industry. There's people who have been around longer than I have, but I- I've been here for a while. I've worked with thousands upon thousands of players. I am telling you right now, I can't make those statements. I can't. It's not right. It's not correct. I would be lying to you if I told you that I could guarantee you those certain things. So if I'm telling you that, isn't that a red flag when you hear it? Just saying. If someone's out there is telling you everything you want to hear and that you're going to be miles better than you are now just by playing for that individual and that guaranteeing you, you know, your future is set in stone, it is carved in stone, if you make the decision today to play for this team, I would run the other way because my guess is that in five to six months, there are going to be a lot of empty promises and a lot of issues. Just my guess. I've seen it before. But if you don't want to take my advice, good luck in that situation. So then how, I guess now it goes back to the, on the player side of things. How do you know if that coach is real or not real? I don't think the player can. We're talking about not even adults. How can the player not get tricked? That's true. I mean, I talk to young guys all the time. If I wanted to be the used car salesman, I could do that day in, day out. That's not hard. I'm sorry. I can go talk to a 15-year-old, and I can tell him everything he wants to hear if I want to. Just use those buzzwords. It's, it's, really, it's really not hard because they're not adults yet, guys. They're not. They're not there. They haven't seen all the people who do that. Well, they, don't even have the, they don't even have the wherewithal to understand that there are people out there that are maybe trying to use them, right? They don't know that. So that's where it's, it's the parent side, in my opinion. They have to be the ones who are willing to vet. Willing to think, willing to ask the tough questions, willing to understand where their kids are right now, which is really, 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 really hard for most parents. That's really hard to not have, you know, what we call parent goggles, right? And you are now a parent. I'm still not. We've talked about this past. I don't know what that's that's like, but it's worth going into to understand where the right fit is. And and when you enter into a new space, it's hard to. Um it's hard to know what you don't know. And you only, <laughs> until it burns you, that's the only time you figure it out. That's the only time you really figure it out. I think that's what gets baseball bad rap too. Like what, like I feel like overall, I would say the space does a really good job at helping people overall, sure. like a, a good, a good group. But it's the, it's that small percentage where those people get burned and, that's what gives it kind of a bad rap a little bit. Well, yeah, I mean, but I think that's true with just about anything. There, there's the 80% of good and the 20% of bad. I mean, you're never going to stop the 20%. You can just try to learn from when the 20% burns you to never go into the 20% again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't stop that. I don't know if you're ever going to get rid of that. I mean, you just you got to try you got to keep trying to trend in the right direction, but you're never going to get rid of those guys. 
it's just so hard from a club standpoint or even a youth individual team. Like if you're looking for something, it's hard to really know what's right and what's wrong and what's truthful and what's not truthful because in colleges you can kind of have a decent idea. You can follow the coach's career. You can see his history. You can see what happened. You can Google his name, know what's going on with him. Um, you can also see how the success rate of the program and then like who they've actually drafted and stuff like that. Cause there's a, it's very concrete, but in the club space and in the independent space, it's hard to because there's not that history. There's no regular, there's no regulation behind it. And there, and players can jump in and out. And so you don't know what's actually the right numbers and what's the wrong numbers. So it's really hard to navigate. Yeah. That's why I think this conversation is super important for the coaches so that they're able to relay that. So they don't create false expectations. You, you can't ever know with 100% certainty what's the right path, but by doing your homework and your due diligence and not rushing the process, you can eliminate a lot of wrong paths, if that makes sense. Okay. I think that, again, you're only going to learn through experience. Um, you're only going to, you know, you're going to meet a lot of different people in in this space and you're kind of format formulate a plan on what you like and and where you think you're going to get the most success. Right. But if you take your time, like we've said, like when we were talking about our podcast on the tryout season, when you take your time and you go through and really ask yourself what you're looking for and really ask yourself, where do you, where do I think I'm at? And do some honest reflection. You're not going to get it all the way there, but you're going to be pretty far along where I think you can make an educated decision without making a rational, like an like a irrational quick choice. That, that'd be my opinion. I don't think anybody can guarantee you that it's the right spot, but if you know the right questions that are important to you and coaches, you know the right people that you're wanting for your team to make sure that the next year's experience level is great, then I think you're setting yourself up for more success and failure. That's a good ending point right there. I really don't have anything else to say on the topic. Yeah, we kind of beat that topic up a little bit, so that's all right. I think people enjoy. <coughs> I think people enjoy that. Good. If you didn't just uh, yell just at us, unsubscribe, and, <laughs> and that's how the show ends completely. This is our last episode. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> um, guys, I, I want to get more interactions with you. Um, email us. Mine is spiker at rawlingstigers dot com. We're on Twitter. Um, Dave and I are on Twitter. So, um, also flip it into the reviews. If you just want to start a conversation, the reviews, we're totally open to that. Um, just make sure you give us five stars before you write a review. That would, that would help us out a ton. Um, but I really appreciate all the listenership here. Um, you guys are awesome and I really enjoy doing this podcast. Dave really enjoys doing this. Um, so we look forward to catching you in the next episode. Thanks guys.